0: All right. Do you wanna, Kai? Do you wanna split it like we usually do? You do one (laughs) sentence. I do. uh, I say the rest.
1: Uh, Yep, that works well for me. Hi and welcome to Slices, the Deep Dish Swift podcast.
0: Deep Dish Swift is a supreme Swift developer conference being served in Chicago from April thirtieth to May second. On this podcast, we'll be chatting with the organizers and speakers of the conference. We're Kai and Marlin, and in this episode, we're chatting with Via Fairchild, who's an iOS developer and, of course, a speaker of Deep Dish Swift. Hi, Via. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, likewise. We're really looking forward to just chatting about about your talk and about uh, some of your background. So to get started, um, where are you from and whereabouts in the world do you live? So I have grown up as a Navy
2: brat. My dad's still active duty. So we were all over the world and currently
0: I'm in the Salt Lake City area. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, what part of the world have you explored before going to Salt Lake City?
2: Uh the most exotic place I would say was Okinawa, Japan.
0: Oh wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Did yeah, you like it? it magical.
2: Yes, yes. I was there ages nine to twelve, and that was just the most ideal childhood bubble. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That that already <laughs> that derails us uh, almost from the start. How does that work? How often do you move? I I have no um, idea how.
2: Well, every military branch is a little bit different, but with the Navy active branch, it's a minimum every 3 years typically before okay. he's put in a new position. And yeah, from the time I was 5 till even still um he's still active duty and they're still moving, but hmm. they're they're pretty pretty centered on the East Coast now with the DC Pentagon and naval naval uh, shipyards and everything out there. So they're getting more stagnant as he gets (laughs) closer to retirement
1: (laughs) that's fascinating so do you go to american schools in those places
2: you can i have a girlfriend right now who's act who's uh her spouse is army active duty and she's homeschooling in germany okay um but i did attend a dod school department of defense school which is um full military american english but we had like cultural and language immersion learning classes just to like give us exposure to the world we were living in outside mm-hmm. of the base. But yeah, that was I I mostly stayed on military base schools.
1: That is yeah. super fascinating. That could be an entire different uh, podcast series.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll write a book one day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how did you then decide to move to Salt Lake City? What brought you there?
2: Oh, that was one of those very unfun stories of an ex husband in custody. So okay. I most I mostly came down here f- to help my kid have a dad in his life. Okay.
1: Mm. Do you like Salt Lake City?
2: It's growing on me. I moved right like months before the pandemic, oh, so I timing. had a very yeah I had a very strange <laughs> exposure of of the area. But I feel like finally people are finding their their swing of things again, and I'm starting to explore the outdoors mm. more. It's
0: it's been a treat. Yeah, so I saw photos of um, you and Michaela. You were uh, skiing or snowboarding?
2: Yeah, yeah, I ski. She snowboards. She's oh. she's the crazy one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you do you ski often?
2: I did when I lived in Minnesota. <laughs> that, was, that was middle school time. But um, I'm just barely getting back into it now that life is more stabilizing mm. to have a little bit of extra cash once in a while. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's expensive. It's crazy. Yeah, we haven't actually, even if we live in Vancouver, we haven't gone skiing. And I did go skiing with my family growing up. But I feel like at oh. this point, I'm at, I'm at a level where I'm like, I can make it down Alive without breaking anything, but I, I'm not really on a on a level that I can uh, I can go in the hard uh, on the hard slopes. So. Also,
1: now you jinxed it, so I don't know. Now we need some kind of <laughs> minimum duration until we can go. Yeah,
0: how long does a jinx
1: <laughs> last?
2: Oh, seven years, right? That's how long it's for a mirror?
1: <laughs> but also, skiing is really expensive. Like, yes. I, I didn't realize that just to be allowed on the mountain. I think in Vancouver, like. W- whistler or one of the bigger ones you pay four or five hundred dollars for a two-day pass it's not it's not cheap
2: wow so cheap or is it expensive (laughs) that's i i let's see i found us a cheap place for about 60 for a day pass okay but but it wasn't very impressive you know we were both like not not uh advanced in (laughs) in the sport so we have low expectations But yeah, if you want nice stuff you're looking at 200 a day probably. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um so uh, enough about skiing and slopes. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what you do. Um so yeah, you're you're an iOS developer. Um tell us a bit about what you do in your day-to-day.
2: Yeah, okay. So I'm a junior iOS developer. I just closed out my apprenticeship at Big Nerd Ranch and I'm starting as a junior over at Spectrum for their news and sports apps and and they've got a, they've got several things going. So I'm going to be on a couple of them. So right now I'm in the onboarding phase, just hitting my head against the wall with IT. But <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: that's every every large company. I've never heard someone having a great experience with a big non tech company getting started.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I thought I had it rolling end of my first week, and it get to work this morning on a Monday and was like, wow. I have so much more to do to make it even start, so:
1: Yeah, Mar yeah, and I yeah. started at one job, and for some reason, we, we we were working as iOS developers, and for some reason they didn't have any Macs. So they gave gave us some kind, or at least me. I started a little bit before mine. You
0: started before, and you handled that fight before I I got into everything. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I got
1: I got an old Dell computer. It's like, here you go, make nice iOS apps. I was like,
0: I don't think that's gonna work.
2: <laughs> that's wild. What did they expect you to do? Like, do a hackintosh kind of thing? <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't, I don't really know. It it took it took me a, I it, it, on the flip side, it let me learn about the. IT hierarchy pretty quickly because I had to chase so many people to figure out, all right, how do we get a computer in here that I can actually do work on? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and and big companies are interesting. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes. Old, old habits die hard is what I've learned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how did you yeah. get into iOS development in the first place?
2: Uh, that is also a unique story. Uh, <laughs> it's been just barely a year now that I learned my, my first vocabulary word of a variable. <laughs> um, that I opened, what was it? I opened Code Academy and was just, I think I stared at it for a good 30 minutes before making any progress because I was so intimidated just <laughs> staring at the code. Yeah. But it, it's a transition, it's a completely uh, 180 career transition. I am a licensed master esthetician and instructor. Oh, well. So I was focusing <laughs> on, yeah, I was focusing on something completely service more hands-on and cosmetic based mm-hmm. um, and I I am a single mom of almost five years and no technical I have I have the technical licensing, but I don't have any degree or anything. Mm-hmm. So we were just scraping by and I was sick of it and I saw some friends kind of turn their lives from rags to riches and realized <laughs> it was a common thread of tech. And so yeah. I started talking to my friend Matthew Garlington, who I've known since i was 17 and i was like hey man okay i'm ready to throw in the towel what do i do and it was between aws and ios development and i don't understand what aws is even still and i wasn't i wasn't keen on it so he my friend matthew said you know i'll i'll mentor you borrow my laptop and go learn and that's that's what started me on this journey. I
1: hope it wasn't an old Dell computer.
0: <laughs> oh, thank God! No, it's actually the one I'm using now. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's cool. fascinating. I, I do think you picked. I mean, I'm, I'm biased, but I think you picked. You, you made the right choice. Yeah, I, <laughs> oh, I agree absolutely. <laughs>
1: I, I don't uh, know. I mean, it, nothing against people who pick a career in AWS, but if 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 you were not sure and you just just went with this one, I think I think you'll have a good time.
2: <laughs> yes, I got very lucky, and the community alone At there were points where Matthew was like, "Just believe in me; it's going to be okay." And I'm like, "This is I'm I'm batshit crazy for believing in you <laughs> that this is going to like <laughs> I'm going to make as much money as you're telling I mean I am or in the timeline and. And the community stories of of mm. people turning their lives around and just mm. seeing the consistent, uh, same story kept kept me confident.
0: <laughs> that's that's cool. So how did you um, did you use any tutorials or how did you get started like, with the programming? Bit was it mostly to sort of one on ones with your friends, or
2: uh, a little bit? He and I met a few nights a week and the majority i i pretty much was working a part time job and living as small as i possibly could to fully focus on this um i spent most of my time in like code academy um this one app called solo learn just to learn what some basic vocabulary terms were essentially mm-hmm. and how to use use implement some of it um i spent most most of my time in Swift UI mm. uh, for mm-hmm. the first six months of my full time learning. So I did Paul Hudson's 100 Days of Swift mm. UI. Mm-hmm. And awesome. then the gods smiled upon me and I got on with Big Nerd Ranch for the apprenticeship.
1: That's really cool. When was the point wh- where it switched from, <laughs> you think this is a crazy idea to like, hey, this <laughs> this might be manageable? Maybe Maybe I'm going somewhere with this.
2: Maybe like, last week (laughs) no i've had i've had those moments through the apprenticeship but not you know they were they were they were being so generous and holding my hand in a learning process so i still wasn't confident in my capabilities of of making it on my own as a full-fledged developer and i'm still you know i'm in a good team where they are still hand-holding a little bit but the fact that i i do have a a valid developer position now is mm-hmm. is a uh, reaffirming <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> yeah no, that, that's great
2: how how did the apprenticeship work um so i was number 2 kind of a guinea pig in it i was the first ios apprentice the fir- mm-hmm. the the very first one was web web developer um and it was just 6 months of paid apprenticing on they do consulting so i hopped mm-hmm. on one of the apps and i had a super senior um developer that would just kind of hand down tickets you know small mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. visual mm-hmm. refresh things and whatnot so um that was pretty eye opening especially with the code base of like C code base of objective c there were some moments <laughs> where i was like Near tears, but <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. paid me to be a shadow, essentially.
0: Yeah, that is a really. cool That's also great that you got exposure to a lot of different. Like, you still get to work a bit with Objective C. I know that it's nothing you're gonna need like every day, all the time. But I think like having some exposure to other code bases and just seeing seeing what like iOS looks like in so many different ways, absolutely, and shapes and forms. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was a pretty. I, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything if 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 anything the um relationships I made alone were were hmm. lifelong and valuable.
0: That's great. Uh, so do you do you know if you're gonna use mostly Swift UI um from now on? Or are you intrigued by UI kit as
3: well?
2: <laughs> the the apprenticeship was actually pretty much exclusively programmatic UI kit.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> How do you feel about that in comparison?
2: That was a mind twist jumping from <laughs> declarative to imperative that that mm-hmm. about broke my brain but <laughs> it was really helpful that most of the projects were programmatic instead of zip files or storyboards yeah. so i think that kind of eased yeah. me into it mm-hmm. but yeah i think the place i'm at now they kind of they they tailor both of them the tvos app <laughs> it sounds like they use more swift ui which i'm going to get my my hands dirty with soon it seems
1: yet yeah, it must be hard uh, to to go from swift ui to <laughs> to both ui kit but also objective c that sounds uh like quite a challenge and also <laughs> it, it sounds a little bit frustrating when you use all the new technology and you're on the bleeding edge yeah. and you you know everyone's learning and then you have to go back and be like oh... Okay, does this is a bit of a dinosaur history lesson
2: <laughs> absolutely the The big project I was on at b n r was supporting i o s twelve still which <laughs> was pretty that's something that my mentor mark d was working hard to justify them phasing out. Thank God yeah. I think he made that happen but
0: yeah it was it was definitely a deep dive Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, man, I 12 that feels it feels like so long ago. Uh, I'm happy that we we tend to just be like very strict. We're like, okay, we support one version back, and then then we go from there. But it, uh, yeah, I think often you're sort of stuck with like older versions because there's some users that just are holding on. Especially if you might have users who are not super technical. Uh, I worked at a company that where where they were, it was basically like. All Australians using it. It was a news reading app, so there were just anyone wanting to read news, they wanted this app. Uh, so we had to support so many versions back.
1: But it's also yeah. if you if you look at the stats and like one percent, yeah, that's not too many. But if you have forty million users, one percent is still yeah. a pretty big room full of users. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Yes, it definitely makes
0: a difference. The people that are using it. Mm. Um. It's, all right. So. Uh, what's your favorite? What, what would you say your favorite part is now when you're now when you know iOS development? Do you have a particular part that you enjoy the most?
2: Uh, I think those moments where something deeply clicks <laughs> and I can explain it back well—that's that's a very rewarding moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, we talked to Daniela about that as well, and. She, it's, it's a lot about like you, you're working through a problem for so long and once it finally clicks and you finally get there, you're like, yes, this is awesome. And it's it's interesting in our industry that it's like you're working through so much frustration to get this one like super exciting moment and it's all <laughs> worth it for that. But it's
1: also interesting yeah. then when you when you do teach it to someone else and you're trying to use what, what made it click for you and you see that it... it doesn't quite align with the person you're explaining it to's brain the way it did with yours. Right. And you're like, wait, <laughs> everyone learns differently. I, I now have to find a different angle. Molly and I okay, learned yeah. a lot of uh, Swift and Swift UI at the same time. And it was often that we tried to explain things to each other. It's like, the way it worked for me doesn't work for you. And then just <laughs> finding a way of explaining it to each other, I think is super fun and forces you to think about the problems from a different angle yes which i think also always helps your own understanding which is cool mm-hmm.
2: right yeah pushing yourself to think of different ways to explain mm-hmm. it that was one thing i was very thankful for one of my mentors um really held the bar high for my vote my my developer vocabulary mm-hmm. so sometimes mm-hmm. i would explain something to him in an analogy or or whatever it was that i could think a, a good comparison to he's like yeah. that's not right i don't know what you're saying i'm like oh <laughs> it's right i just don't have the words for it and so he would he would talk me through how to talk about you know um a, a networking call in the proper yeah. way mm-hmm. and um i understood the underlying concept but being able to actually verbalize what was happening is has been very propelling
0: yeah mm. um speaking of um explaining things and giving oh, okay i'm trying to come up with a bridge uh, segue. <laughs> 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 because i realized i forgot the the question i was like i gotta start talking about the talk so first uh, have you been to chicago before
2: once and i just remember Bird poop <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay that needs a bit of an explanation yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah well, otherwise we're just going to scare people off <laughs>
2: <laughs> i was on one of those um one of the river ferry things i was young what? i was maybe 13 or 14 but i just remember watching somebody get pooped on like it was like a passing pigeon or something i thought it was hilarious <laughs> the architecture was amazing i
0: remember that much <laughs> All right.
1: I, I, I hope this trip to chicago will uh, leave uh, maybe override that old experience and maybe leave some <laughs> new primary uh, impression of chicago
2: <laughs> oh i'm sure yeah we're gonna
0: have great talks and good food <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i've never been before i've basically i've basically just seen it in like different shows and it always seemed like a like as you said architectural it seems like a cool city and i love that they have trains as well that you can use public transport to get around so i'm i'm interested in exploring yeah. the city
2: it'll be it'll be a good trip for all of us so have you had deep deep dish pizza before not that i remember i think it's just all been generic little caesar style stuff <laughs>
0: Yeah, that uh, I I think, uh, Josh is definitely gonna change everyone's idea of deep dish. I think uh, I don't think we'll be allowed to leave there without trying one. It's
2: basically <laughs> like a pie version of pizza, right? Like it's it's like several <laughs> inches deep of like cheese and toppings.
0: Yes, that's how. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the approved way of we describing it. Least, <laughs> we seem to
1: be the least, we seem to be the least, least qualified panel to discuss deep dish pizza. Apparently, because I also don't really. Isn't what is the what is the majority? Is it major? Is it cheese? Is it mostly
2: cheese? I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So um. What uh, So once we're okay. I'm I'm really bad at segues here, but. <laughs> um do you have a segue okay <laughs> um speaking of deep
1: dish pizza uh what are you you're, you're going to speak at uh deep dish swift what are you gonna talk about
2: uh as i've hinted in the earlier parts of this episode i'm going to yep. be talking about mentorship and specifically what it is and why we why you should be a mentor so I'm going to be spending 45 minutes of rallying our audience to, uh, to give a little bit of their time to people who need it.
1: Uh, how did you land on the topic?
2: Well, first of all, um, I think I'm too junior to add any value technically. So <laughs> I thought that maybe um, talking about what's changed my life and other people's and um, encouraging that cycle to continue would be worth, worth, uh, worth the talk.
1: Hmm, that's very cool what's what's the state of your talk are you all done ready to to give it any minute or
2: yeah. uh in two days i will be i'm gonna be presenting practicing it at one of our local coco heads meetups so i'm not that's working awesome. on the details of it yeah yeah, oh, yeah
3: they
2: really get cool. a preview <laughs>
0: Oh, that's awesome! And I I really like that. I sometimes try to do that with talks as well. Give it give it somewhere uh, in a bit uh, for a smaller audience first. That can be super helpful, and then polish it up before the conference. But um, usually not as well prepared. So this is usually a thing I think I should be doing, but then I'm <laughs> still finishing it for for so long. So I'm impressed that you are already you pretty much done with the writing the talk then.
2: Uh, I got to give credit to um to Dave DeLong. He kind of has self-designated himself as my mentor for designing the, the talk and has been oh. meeting with me uh, to help me structure the creation of it, which I am very indebted for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I do think it's a bit, for me, it's we talked about it in the previous episodes, that it's a bit all over the place for a while and then you need to really massage it so that it becomes like a con- coherent, nicely flowing talk. So I do right. think... It's it's always it it's always good to have someone to like go back and forth with as well and talk about the ideas of what you wanna what you wanna say. Mm.
2: Yes, yeah, it makes sense in your head. And this one, it's a topic that I I am pretty passionate about, so mm. I want to make sure that the the feelings are actually able to be understood. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking it out is is helpful.
0: Yeah, and it fits the spirit as well of the talk that you actually have someone who you're who you're talking about who who you have as a mentor mm. during right. the talk as well. Yes, yeah. it's also I do think, by the way, you mentioned that you. I was going to say the same thing. I think. Give a technical. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to say that. I think no matter what experience level people are on, it's always. I always think everyone can bring their own unique uh, perspective to it. So don't don't feel worried about like getting, giving technical talks in the future. I think there's always a different angle to everything.
2: Yeah, I figure I'll I'll get my feet wet with uh, something more. Um... Uh, soft skill based and we'll <laughs> move into the tech, tech side as we as I grow
1: yeah but I think that's also <laughs> a cool thing about tech in general there, there are so many new things all the time you could be the world leading expert at some very specific iOS 16 only Swift UI API right because everyone would have the API came out six months ago so you could be there from day one and be just as as uh, experienced with the API as Paul Hudson might be or or someone else so I right. also think it's it's actually an industry where it's pretty where you can get <laughs> yeah. into technical talks very early. You know, if you're in in some yeah. kind of crazy engineering jobs in where building bridges, it probably requires a little bit more time. But I think in in tech, uh, I mean, it takes a little bit of uh, time to overcome your uh, your own fear of giving technical talks. But I think you'll you'll do great.
2: Yeah, the the level to entries can be pretty. Even on mm. uh, such fast-moving technology.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like you have more uh, Objective C experience than some people in the industry.
2: Yeah, <laughs> in the in the sense that I've seen it, perhaps. But... <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Still counts. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: seeing uh, the word void stare at me, I felt the void in my heart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. All right, I think we are over to our rapid fire questions. Um, And yeah, these are all, uh, it doesn't have to be a rapid answer. It's just a question that should go fast. So I should admit it. Um, What's your favorite iOS app?
2: I use a co-parenting communication app called AppClose. And that has been a lifesaver for the last several years, actually. It's been very helpful for keeping topics straight.
1: Oh, that is really interesting. Yeah, How interesting. does that work?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like there's a calendar app, so for mutual appointments, my kids' dental appointments, doctor yeah. work, whatnot. So mm-hmm. I don't have to share personal things. It's all focused about the kid. It's you know, it has built-in video and mic um uh, phone calls and you can like export mm-hmm. PDF conversations, which unfortunately you may need in a legal situation, and it's just very hands-on and very um, secure, which has been fantastic. Yeah, that looks yeah, really, that cool.
0: really. Yeah, that sounds really useful. Mm. Yeah, it's very practical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, what's your uh, what's your favorite Mac app?
2: Okay, I am. I've. This is going to sound insane. I've only <laughs> owned a Mac for about a year. And in that year, the Mac, the app that has been used the most—I mean, outside of Xcode, obviously—it has been Slack. That—that <laughs> that is for sure my hands-down favorite up to this point.
0: Yeah, it—it it makes sense. I think it's such a, especially like during the pandemic, it's been this like communication tool that you use not just for work but for different different meetup groups, different uh, developer groups, and I, it is. It is a real. I think it's. We looked at. I looked at my stats for iOS uh, a week ago, and it was. I think my second most used app under Safari. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Um. Then the next question is: uh, What's your favorite? Uh, I wanted to ask about the about the Mac, though, before we go to the next <laughs> question. Uh, sure. What did you? Uh, how did you find a move over to a Mac from? I assume you used. Uh, Windows a Windows yeah, computer before? I have
2: a Microsoft Surface Pro. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I've had for many, many years through college and everything. Um Matthew gave me his Mac to work on and it's uh what is it? A MacBook Air 2020, an M1. Mm-hmm. And that has been just It took me a brain adjustment because everything's opposite, like the minimize and exit button and everything. Mm. Everything's just backwards. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I like it now. After a year, I've gotten used to it finally, how the keyboard works.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it it does. It's interesting that you both both changed the operating system you're working with, but also like the entire industry that you're in. Yeah. It's it's a lot to shift at once. Yes. Um, What's your favorite iPhone ever made?
2: Probably the first one that I owned in let's see, mid twenty fourteen. I bought myself my first iPhone, my first smartphone even, and that was an iPhone four
0: at the time. That's that's a good picture. Yeah, I like iPhone four. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just found it to be it's it's such a nice form factor. Yeah.
2: Well, and it was old even then. I was looking at the timelines of release dates. I was like, wow. I really went cheap, but I mean, I was a kid, so (laughs) I had to. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite food item? There's this dish that I still have dreams about, even though I've only had it since I've made it myself. It's called Okinawan soba. It's different than yakisoba, which is like a fried Japanese noodle. It's like a thick udon noodle. It's similar to ramen, and it's just a happy thing
1: (laughs) (laughs) can you can you get that in salt lake city
2: no not that i found okinawa is a very um sheltered culture because it's so tiny Mm -hmm. it's just such a small island but i've i've looked up mock recipes and i've found enough enough ingredients at the local Asian <laughs> markets to recreate.
1: Yeah, I think we have to talk to Josh and maybe get a Okinawa Soba Swift uh, going next year. That sounds, like a go, good, yes. that sounds like a good plan.
0: Yeah, just a ton of ramen and soba. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you can get it in Vancouver. I know ramen is very popular. I'm gluten intolerant, so I unfortunately oh, usually can't enjoy it. But so uh, there's a lot of ramen places, and I wonder if they might be... Something similar, but for Okinawa soba.
2: You should, you should. I wonder if they would let you do like a rice noodle substitute
0: or something of the sort. It's mm. a good, yeah. Pro- I should ask for that. I have not. I, I, have sort of been like opting out because I'm like, oh no, I know that I can't have anything at a ramen place, but I should call them. Yep,
1: I just found a traditional Japanese food cart in Vancouver that serves uh, Okinawa soba.
0: No way. Okay, I'm yeah. coming to visit. <laughs> <laughs> We'll t- I'll take you guys skiing and we'll get sober. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that
0: sounds like a good plan. Mm. Um, all right, so the last part of the rapid, quest, rapid fire question is uh, two truths and a lie. And for listeners who might not have heard this segment, this is... Um, uh, Via will tell us two things that are true and one thing that's a lie um, <laughs> and she wants to reveal what what's what on the show and the chance, and everyone will have a chance to go to a conference and talk to Via about it and guess what's, what? which one's the lie. Okay. So, Via, what, what are your two truths
2: and a lie? All right. So, first one is I own a unicycle. The second one, I climbed and summited Mount Fuji. And the third mm-hmm. is I have thalassophobia.
1: No, I have to Google the you, last I'll one. You,
2: Google,
3: Google,
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want me to spell it for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fear of deep bodies and water. Okay. Yeah. Think. Of, think about right. Shark week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 All right. I like those. Yeah, I like those too. Yeah. Considering well, how much go, you traveled, everyone. Yeah,
1: I don't want to just get, just get any uh, when you mentioned a. Uh, Uh, Mount Fuji I thought based on your travel history that one might be true but I don't want to I don't want to speculate on you people people need to talk to you to find (laughs) out we can
2: we can address it in the aftermath episodes
0: (laughs) 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 awesome Um, I think that's everything we have this uh, in this episode Um, for people who um, who want to get in touch with you and uh, chat with you online before the conference where can people find you?
2: So I have a Mastodon account. I still need to push myself to spend time on it to understand it. Um, <laughs> that one is just the same as my Twitter handle, which is coding milf m i l f. And the um, I know. <laughs> the, what do you What do you call the the at like at Tech Hub Social? Is that I know that's but, like compared to an email.
1: Yeah, that's the Mastodon instance that you're on.
2: Instance okay, so
1: I think is that yeah, is, is that in, the right word? Master. think server yeah, I think instance.
2: instance the server okay, so it's coding milfat at techhub.social, which I am going to be more active on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll also put it in the looked, show
0: notes. It is, yes, okay, I just looked, it is called instance. Um, I got confused because we use a discord server. Uh, but Mas-
1: it's-, <laughs> it's it's not as easy because Mastodon themselves they also call it servers, right? So if you go to joinmastodon.org/servers, yeah. they explain all their all their different servers and different <laughs> regions and and topics. It's I do understand I why been... some people are confused.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm like I have an obligatory account because of the the <laughs> dumpster fire of Twitter, but but that's that's where I got my start and I, I'll always have that special spot there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Awesome. Um then thanks thank you so much again for joining us via. Uh, it was great chatting with you and I'm looking forward to meeting you once we once we're all in. Um Chicago. At the yeah. Just think about <laughs> my we well, Where are we going? Where, where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been good chatting with y'all. Thanks so much. Yeah. Awesome. All right, and thanks everyone for listening to the episode. Um, the Deep Dish Swift Conference is happening in Chicago um, from April 30th to May 2nd, and you can still get tickets online. And we have some links in the show notes below, and we also have links to uh, to for you everyone to find via online, both on Twitter and on Mastodon um and yeah we'll we'll come back in a bit with another episode so thanks everyone for listening
1: man you nailed it out for this time <laughs> it's Did really I- hard it's really hard uh, i find it really hard to both read but still not sound like you're super bored and almost falling asleep
2: right like the zone <laughs> I, out I, reading
3: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: okay can i tell you guys my 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 lie
3: all right yeah i'm curious